and welcome to the Hoop Collective podcast. We talk about the NBA, which we're doing on Thursday afternoon slash evening. Joining me from across the street at the TD Garden is Tim Bonteps. Hello, guys. Joining us from Dallas, Texas, the one, the only, thank goodness, Ben McMahon. Howdy, partners. 2-1 Celtics. The city is happy. Starting to feel it. Last night, Al Horford talking to the fans after the game. Holds up two fingers. Two more. Two more. The crowd liked that. Um, the crowd held up one finger when they were talking to Draymond Green. <laughs> I, I believe Draymond held up one finger in Memphis. Uh, well, might have been one no, finger he, in each hand. I was going to say he held up two. It was one on each hand. <laughs> right. Um, I thought everybody played their role last night. The crowd played its role. They were hating Draymond. I don't like, uh, you know, call me, you know, old prude stuck up, whatever. I don't like it when obscenities are channeled on national TV, but, um, I don't like it. Yeah. Like there are kids there, you know, I don't love that, but well, I mean, Draymond had his son with him at the podium and he dropped a S bomb. So I, I guess S is at least more mild than F, but yeah, true true but you know i like i mean it's hardly like it's only the boston fans that do this i mean oh no it's not listen jay crowder got it in new orleans you were there for that i mean the fans brought t-shirts that said it uh and jay, jay crowder and the sons brought those t-shirts home with them <laughs> <laughs> jay wore one to the press conference <laughs> um so he tweeted today put- that he, he got those chants when he was running on the beach in miami but they were in a friendly nature <laughs> <laughs> Um, the crowd played their role. Draymond played his role, fouled out of the game, uh, you know, defended himself. Um, Draymond played the villain role. He didn't play his role for the Warriors, though. And that's I didn't twice say he played series, his role so for the, the problem. Yeah, he I played the role he's played in this series, a bad one. Yeah. Um, and uh, Clay played his role, you know, defending his uh, teammate. Steve Kerr played his role, stay classy, Boston, et cetera. Everybody played their role. I honestly, I don't think Draymond has played, has had almost any impact on this series whatsoever. I think it's been a giant storyline that is not really relevant. I don't think his play on the court's been that different, Mm -hmm. uh, difference making. I think the biggest difference he made in game two, which is when everybody was giving him credit, he did play better in that game than game one. He was more of a, of a factor on defense. He was part of a better defensive effort. Mm-hmm. But you want to be honest, the biggest difference he made in game two is that he took nine fewer shots and therefore had nine fewer misses, and therefore there were nine more efficient possessions. Like that, to me, was the bigger impact he had. Like I don't – I mean, I'll let you guys have your say on it, but I'm, I, I don't really care about Draymond. I don't think he's – if we're going to name five or six things that's going on, he's not in my top five, Bonte. Well, you just spent the first five minutes talking about Draymond Green. I want to so put it aside. Weird... Okay. So back off that mic, my friend. Back off the mic just a little Seriously, bit. Seriously, the, the, the masses can only handle you at such high decibels. Like, we got to – you know, come on, fella. We got to keep those decibels in the double figures. Okay. <laughs> Go on, Bontemps. He's up there. He's at the, the, the Draymond podium. As, <clears throat> anyway, that's what's where Draymond held court last night. And Wendy, you're like Draymond. You only podcast from the hotel room. <laughs> <laughs> I, I will say this. I, I disagree with your general premise that Draymond Green has not been a factor in this series. Game two, I thought he was a significant contributor. Games one and three, 
I thought Draymond was a huge factor. Well, are we going to argue about significant factor and contributor? I mean, I, we're splitting. No, what, and, and what I'm saying is this games one and three. I thought Draymond was a huge factor because he was the worst player on the floor in both games. Draymond was the reason they didn't have a chance to win game one. He was the reason they didn't have a chance to win game three. And I mean, he's owned up he to it. He wasn't the reason they didn't have a chance oh, yes. to win game Listen, three. Listen, the he reason the poorly, Celtics... But- the reason the Celtics didn't win game three is because they got absolutely dominated in the things that Draymond Green is supposed to do. They got dominated in the, in the hustle stuff. Draymond Green cannot have more fouls than rebounds. The points, that the scoring, I, I don't care. Like we, we, whatever. Draymond has to be an, you know, a, a dominant defender and a good rebounder. There's no way every single player and the Celtics starting five can out rebound Draymond Green, and the Warriors will have a chance to win. That plus, I mean, you know, Draymond just talked so you about know, Grant Williams, Andrew Wiggins, him. Andrew Wiggins, and Steph Curry had worse plus minuses in Game Three than Draymond did. Just you know, just FYI. Okay, my my point is this: I mean, Gary if, Gary Payton played eleven minutes and was minus thirteen. <clears throat> I mean, you know, Draymond Green has stunk in this series. He stunk mm-hmm. in Game Three. The Celtics didn't guard him. He did nothing at the other end of the court. He's been a negative far more than he's been a positive. And all the noise around him has been a distraction from what actually has kept the Warriors in the series. So Steph Curry has been the best player in the series. And hopefully in game four, Steph's foot isn't messed up because that will basically mean the series is over. But all this talk about Draymond Green, Draymond's got to be better. Draymond's got to be this. Draymond's got to be that. He's, for most of the playoffs, been okay. At times, he's been pretty bad. At times, frankly, as we've talked about before, the Warriors have won games because he's been ejected or not been able to play. And they've gone on runs. I've talked about it before in the pod. I think Kevon Looney should be playing more in these games. Yeah. I think Draymond should be playing less. Steve Kerr is not going to do that. I understand why. But for all this, for everything, why that's is he not going to do it? Why is he not going to do it? Because Steve Kerr rides with his guys and he's going to he, play. He Draymond was asked Green. about it last night and kind of gave like sort of a muddling answer. He's not going to bench Draymond Green because uh, I'm not saying bench well, he's him. He's not going to bench him. When I say bench him, I mean play him 25 minutes instead of 38 or play him 28 instead of 38 and play Kevon Looney more than 15 minutes when he's been a rebounding machine in these playoffs and getting destroyed on the boards. Mm-hmm. But Steve rides with his guys. He's ridden with these guys for years. And I get that you're not going to take Draymond out. It's going to cause probably more problems and it's going to help even at that point. But Boston, Marcus Smart was guarding Draymond Green, and I probably should put it in air quotes because he was right. just running away from him. They completely disregarded him on offense because he's a non-factor. And, you know, at the end of the day, like, he's just been – he's been a non-factor. And I, I would even say he was a non-factor in game two. He was whatever. And in games one and three, to McMahon's point, he was a huge part of why Boston won. So that's to me where he's a been a factor part? in the series. Uh, yes. No. He 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 was. Well, the I don't want to. I don't want to fight over worst, words. Certainly the worst starter in games okay. one, game three. And listen again. He's not. We're running also talking. From it. Also he, talking way too much about Draymond Green to start. I agree. I'm sorry. I agree. You know who we're not talking enough about, and I was thinking about this day. We don't talk enough about Jason Tatum. Like you know, the, I guess there was the debate. Oh, is Jason Tatum a superstar? Is he a superstar? Like is Jason Tatum? Uh, on, on the route to being one of the all-time greats. You look at what Tatum is doing at his age. I, I was curious about it. And so I, I looked up earlier today, and this, you know, it's not a perfect stat, but I looked up guys who had scored as, you know, 1,500-plus playoff points 
uh, at his age as I scroll to uh, to look for this. And it's an it's an <laughs> interesting list. And that's not the list right there. <laughs> it's a very, very interesting list that I am going to take a moment here. To no, I got, I got, I got like a million things open on my phone. Guys who have scored 1,500 points before turning 20 in the playoffs, before turning 25, Kobe, Tony Parker, LeBron James, Jason Tatum, Kevin Durant. Okay. Kobe was not the best player on his teams at, the, at that time. He was, you know, he, he was a superstar, but he wasn't the best player on his teams. Tony Parker wasn't the best player on his teams. Uh, so the only three guys who have been the best player on their teams to score that many points in the playoffs at that young of an age, we're talking about LeBron, Jason Tatum, and, and Tatum scored over 100 more points than Kevin Durant. I mean, this dude, does he have some duds? Yes, but to be 24 years old and best player on a team in the finals, have been the best player as a rookie on a team that went to, to game seven uh, against LeBron in the Eastern Conference finals. Like, you know, we're talking about a, a guy who is going to have a chance to be one of the best players of all time. I don't know about that. You know, I'm a big Tatum believer. He actually, he's gotten it done in this series. He has not been great in this series. He hasn't been the Celtics best player. Um, he's only shooting 34% overall. He hasn't shot the ball well from three point range. Um, he's several times um, gotten hit and sort of started to work his shoulder, mm -hmm. his right shoulder. He had a stinger. I think it was in game three of the conference finals against the heat. That was the game where he left the court there and then he came back out and um it was you know just it's it's still bothering him although it's hard for me to know how much because he was hitting the threes but i will say this in the second half last night he took the ball into that paint i mean how many times bon temps have you and i been on this pod and we've talked about come on jason don't settle for that jumper don't settle for that jumper he took the ball into the paint he made several tough baskets under pressure. Uh, I mean, the game ended up being a 16 point game, but it wasn't decided until midway through the fourth quarter. He made a couple of baskets under pressure in traffic. He, he created a lot of uh, kickout shots, either with assists or hockey assists. He was a very positive, forceful influence on that victory in game three, even though he hasn't shot the ball. Well, in this series, nine of 23 in game three, he's been definitely a force. Yeah, I would say it was a workmanlike performance in a very positive way in the sense that he had to fight through the just dealing with the shoulder thing. He, obviously, he got off to a bit of a slow start. The Warriors are being pretty physical with him. He wasn't hitting shots early. I mean, he had, he had 26 points on 23 shots, but nine assists, two turnovers. Jalen Brown, five assists, two turnovers. We talked about it after game one and game two. When those two guys are moving the ball and they're playing within the team structure, Jalen in particular, I thought, you know, Ime said that was the best game Jalen's played. Maybe from that standpoint, I would agree with him, even though he only had five assists. When those two guys are playing like that, the Celtics are really, really good because then other guys are getting involved. They're not getting into these situations where they're overdriving and then turning the ball over. They are much more in control with the ball. And as we've talked about a bunch, when the Celtics don't turn the ball over, they are a really good team. And I think, man, to your point about Tatum, he still does have these duds on offense. I still don't know if he's quite at the level of those other guys. But the thing that is really impressive about him is that he plays really hard at both ends all the time. Mm -hmm. Like he is a really good defensive player. 
He's gotten better and better at that end of the court. And he's not Kawhi Leonard, but he's really solid. He's a plus defender. And he, because of that, even in games where he doesn't shoot the ball well, he's able to be a factor all the time in ways that guys like Luca and some of these other guys are not. And it, that's the thing where if he can start to get a little more consistency with some of these shooting things, it doesn't quite have as many three for 17s and he gets a little better with his playmaking. I mean, the, the path is there. And obviously, I mean, if you can win two more games here, you're talking about a guy, 24, best player on a championship team with a bunch of young guys around him with a chance to be good going forward. Like, that is the start of what could be a pretty special career. And you're talking about better with playmaking. He, he was 3 of 17 from the floor and still was a, you know, a major reason why the Celtics won game one. He's yep. averaging over, over eight assists per game in this series. Yep. Um, 18 and two now this season when he had, when he gets seven plus assists, 15 straight wins, you know, and, and like last night workman, like, okay, I'd love, I, a lot of guys would love to have workman like 26, six and nine nights. Well, my, when in, my point in, in, in the NBA right. finals. Well, my point was he fought through some early adversity in that game and, and it, the numbers, the numbers look great, but it, to me, it, what was impressive about it was how he kind of ground his way to it. Right. It was sort of like when you'd see, like, you know, we've watched LeBron a million times, like maybe not play great in the game, but he'd end up with 38 and eight, right? He'd like find a way to get to where his team needed him to get to. And mm-hmm. that's what I thought was impressive about it. Like Tatum, he got to the line, he hit a few threes. He, you know, he did a little bit of everything and kind of filled in where he needed to. And that, that's why to me, it workman like to me in that sense is a credit to him. Like that was a hard physical game. The Celtics brought it with physicality from the beginning. And he was like, he was a big part of that at both ends. When's the last time somebody this young has been the superstar, the best player on a championship team. We probably got to go back to D Wade. No six. That's, that's probably the answer. Yeah. That's you know, good probably. One. So I mean, what I, what I'm saying, and is, by the way, D Wade was like, what he, he was probably he about, 24, 25. He was probably 25, maybe 20. He's around that age though. Yeah. Um, but yeah, D Wade, I, I want to say was in his third year. Tatum's obviously deeper in his career, but D Wade came in the league. Yeah, he had a longer, he had a longer uh, yeah, run uh, before uh, that. Right. Yeah. yeah Tate, uh, he was, he turned, he was 24. He was 24. Yeah, well, so, that's you know, comic, man. And, and I'm just saying like, and it's not like he's just emerged, like, you know, what he's done since his rookie year. Now it hadn't, there's, it hasn't always been consistent. There are peaks and valleys, but I'm just saying what he's done so far in his career is pretty damn special. If only starting your fitness journey was as easy as starting this podcast. The truth is all the lift big, get big, and beach body ready in three weeks pressure stops most of us from even starting. And starting is what matters most. It's everything. Wherever you're beginning and wherever you want to be, Peloton encourages you to just start. With thousands of classes to get you moving and doing what you can, even if that's just a 10-minute low-impact class, they have those too. And when you're ready, take it up a gear with a 30-minute live DJ ride. Start with Peloton and find instructors that will keep you motivated to stay on your fitness journey. Learn the basics and build from there. Remember, doing something is everything. Get started with a Peloton bike or Bike Plus rental at onepeloton.com slash bike slash rentals. Terms apply. Vivid Seats wants you to get to the games you love this spring. Experience every pitch assist and game-winning shot live and in person. And the best part? Each transaction is a step toward a free 11th ticket with Vivid Seat Rewards. Score unbeatable perks like free tickets, surprise seat upgrades, and annual birthday deals. As official ticketing partner of ESPN, Vivid Seats is offering you $20 off your first $200 ticket purchase with code HOOP. That's code HOOP, H-O-O-P. 
Visit VividSeats.com or download the app today. Vivid Seats, experience it live. Every list he's on, it's lists with guys like LeBron and Kobe and, and Durant. Like, those, that's the name that's on all. He's on the names. He's on lists with all those names, mm-hmm. whether it's that sad or other ones. And it's, I you know. I can't tell you. I was, I was, I was reviewing some, some, uh, some stuff today about salaries for next year. You know, uh, Trey Young getting, uh, he got the Supermax, so he's getting a $30 million raise. No, a $28 million raise or something like that. The fact that Jason Tatum was the first man out last year on the all NBA teams and therefore he didn't get the super max and the Celtics get to have him oh. on the fun max. What a, I mean, what a amazing. bargain for the Celtics. So I I've, I've advocated for this a little bit and I'm, I'm only half joking about having a little uh, meter on the score on the, uh, on the television where the Celtics turnovers, I envision like a, a gauge where it's in green or it's in yellow and, if and then it, it gets if to it, red no 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 red just yellow because that, no, once it gets it, past it gets 15 yellow, it's got to be red well, as let it's me, approaching that's let when me it gets rephrase yellow. it one is in green one is in gold so that when it gets past 15 turnovers it goes to gold advantage gold oh, meaning advantage warriors and if jason tatum gets so bontemps and i were tracking it last night because the celtics had i think uh not eight, eight and a half tra- time eight and a half we were like uh-oh we're right on the we're right on the on the edge here. And by the way, 12. they finished with 12 and the Warriors got 19 points off. Like again, I like know, they yeah. every turnover they get, they're giving up a point and a half per, per turnover. Like well, it's just I, they can't do it. When you see Tatum with with uh when he gets his uh, seventh assist and the uh and the pace for the, the the Celtics is less than 15, 15 or less, we call that condition green. When it goes, to, when the Celtics are heading for 16 or more turnovers and Tatum isn't getting assists, we call that condition gold. And uh, I'll say this, um, the Warriors are averaging, and I know that looking at point totals isn't the cool thing. Um, we should talk about efficiency, and I'm a believer in that, but I'll just say this because it's easy for me to do the math. The Warriors are averaging 105 points a game in this series, one zero five, and that is with Steph Curry shooting 49% on three pointers. Have we come around uh, to Steph being great yet? Have, have I won this argument now he, after three games? He, he was great in the third quarter. He was great. He was great in game three. Uh, I felt like that was a game where he was totally uh, just wrecking them. I felt he had great moments in the first two games. I thought he was great in game three. And, and, and again, we're talking about great by Steph standards for sure. Temps. It's like, well, you know, I'm there's judging a difference going between up you being them. great and Wendy being great. I mean, you show up on time. We say you, you've been great. We've got low expectations. With Wendy, we expect him to actually bring some insight. I'm watching uh, well, Steph Curry play against the best defense I've ever seen, and he's breaking it in ways that Giannis couldn't and Jimmy Butler couldn't and Kevin Durant couldn't. I mean, and you've been he saying is, he's breaking it. I don't think he's breaking it. Have you, watched, have, you watched, have you watched Al Horford in this series? Have you watched him flailing around helplessly yeah. trying to guard Steph Curry? Al Horford, yeah, one also, of the most mobile bigs in the league. I've he's also seen against him. I've also seen a team. By the way, this is the Warriors are not a great offensive team this year. Yes, that's the that's the this is the thing. Yeah. They have three guys on the team, four guys with Wiggins who can score consistently. <laughs> One of them is Jordan Poole, who's a non-factor in the series also. And he's not a non-factor. He's just not as I mean, consistent. I mean, it, okay, he's a non-factor like Draymond Green then. Yeah, he, he's been terrible. He had two hit shots at the end of the third quarter in game two. Otherwise, he's stunk. 
I think and, Jordan Poole's played more of a role in this series. Well, I shouldn't say more role. He's played as, he's played roughly the same role as Draymond, in my view. Well, that is literally what I just said. But uh, to go back now to Steph, <laughs> if you watch the, how these games have played out, the when when the Celtics have been good, it's when Robert Williams has been good because he's the one guy on the Celtics who can challenge Steph and not have it break the defense down. And when his knee right, wasn't right in Robert, game two. Okay. Before we get to Robert Williams, I, I don't want to go away too far from away. Because we're going to talk about Robert Williams in a second. I don't want to get too far away from Jalen Brown because we sort of moved past him. Yeah. Um, before the game yesterday, you could have gotten Jalen Brown at plus 800. Bet 100 to win 800 uh, for, for MVP. Um, and then he came out and had, frankly, a historic first half. Um, like we, you, we started getting notes from stats and info. Uh, and they were like, he, he was having halves, like some of the greatest. Well, he had a, uh, yeah, he had a great first quarter, scored 17 yeah. in the first quarter. Um, obviously, turnovers are a big thing from him because uh, we still, uh, the Celtics still can't stop Marcus Smart from literally throwing the ball to the other team. And last night he was, he added the, the very ag- agreeable uh, uh, form of throwing it out like into the backcourt so that the Warriors could catch it on the run towards their basket. A nice outlet it pass. Very, it was very accommodating. I think three I love, times he did that. I love Marcus, but he threw literally the worst pass I've ever seen. When he drove to the basket, jumped in the air, had two guys on him, and literally just chucked it over his head to, to nobody. I mean, it was just, it was insane. Literally just somebody on the Warriors literally caught it like this, like a football pass, ran the other way and <laughs> got a right. dunk. I was like... This is just unbelievable. And then he did it again later. And that time he was kind enough to throw it to Steph so they could get a three out of it. Let's, just, let's, let's maximize just, the turnover. Just terrible. Um, but be, moving beyond that, because Marcus on balance had a very good game, 24 points, um, five, seven rebounds. Um, he did have five, five, five assists to the Celtics and, and at least two to the uh, <laughs> Warriors. Maybe more. He, he, he threw three balls backwards that led to, 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 to interception turnovers. Um, Jalen Brown had a very important stat, and this is this this won't quite be on the uh, dashboard, but it'll be on the sub dashboard when you click when you click down. He had more offensive rebounds than turnovers. He had three offensive rebounds and two turnovers. That's a huge win for the Celtics. Um, Look, if Jalen and, and Jason combined for fourteen assists and four turnovers in games going forward in the series, like they did in game game three, it's very hard for me to see the Celtics losing any of those games. Because that's when six, this team is at the at its best. Six offensive rebounds between them. That's also yeah. very good. The extra possessions that the uh, that they were able to get. The Warriors had been just getting five, eight more shots. I think in one game it was eight. One game it was six more shots, um, just because they had more possessions. Uh, the Celtics had eleven more shots, and the turnovers were you know, a little in their favor and also the offensive rebounds. There um, was a very clear message from Emi Odoka from the three days between games two and three, that this team needed to be way more physical and way more aggressive. And it was unacceptable how they're getting pushed around by golden state in game two and getting on not winning all those offensive rebounds and hustle plays and all that stuff. And you could see from the opening tip in game three, the Celtics were determined to turn that around and be much more aggressive and much more, uh, they had, a, they had a much better intent to go get the ball all over the court. And, you know, the results speak for themselves. So, so if, if a three game MVP would, would Jalen be the guy? I honestly probably would still go Tatum, but you could certainly or, make or an is, argument. Or is Bontemps prepared to vote for Steph after his Jimmy Butler vote? I mean, 
I mean, through three games, he's been the best player, but I mean, we're three games in. So, I mean, you could make a case for Draymond. He's just been valuable to the, uh, to the Celtics. Uh, By the way, Draymond, who takes such great pride in declaring, I can guard anybody. Game one, he was roaming off of Horford, but Horford was his man. Horford lit it up. Uh, game three, Tate, or I'm sorry, Brown's his responsibility. That that's the man is guarding. He has not done a real good job yeah, staying in front of Mr. Brown. They're switching all over the place. I don't know if you can, you know, he was uh, he was sir? much more aggressive defensively in game two. He was closing out. He played a good game in game. Two. <clears throat> I'm reading this from uh, Kevin O'Connor from the Ringer, and I also saw our, our guy Kurt Goldsbury. I think had this on IG. Uh, it's a second spectrum stat. Draymond is allowing 1.24 points per play when he's the direct defender. That's the worst of any playoff series since 13-14, and I believe it's since 13-14 because that's as far as the tracking goes. That's but there was a stat before, yes, before yesterday's game, before game three, that guys were shooting like 10% worse when Draymond was their defender. I mean, you, you can build a case in either direction. I think that's for the playoffs. Okay. Well, what, 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 what I'm telling you is his butt has been roasted in two or three games. And for a guy who's supposed to be the best playoff defender, he says maybe all time, at least of this generation, uh, time for that dude to show up. All right. Uh, we, I want to have a good Robert Williams discussion. Bon Temps has been talking about him for a while. He wrote about him today. Um, but before we do that, it's trivia time brought to you by CarMax online oh. or on the lot with, with delivery in select markets. I'm not Let's trying to put test. McMahon on the spot here, but did we, oh. uh, did we ever get a, no, no, no. Did we ever get a, 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 a factor of the month for May? No, cause there's no close game. So I punted. I mean, it, the, it's, that is a good summation of the playoffs where I think I've been at 20 games. I was sitting with Adam Hillsbach for the Globe last night, and he said, can we get one close game? One? That, that was said, like my I last would, couple series, dude. I said, I saw two the entire playoffs, Adam, so I would love to see one because I've been at, I think, 21 playoff games, and two have been close in the last two minutes. Go, go well, ahead and give it to Jimmy Butler since you want to give him all the awards and the losing effort. <laughs> I just was, it just occurred to me that we was a clo- if you did it last week. Well, game seven in the... <laughs> It was a close game. Right. Uh, game seven, uh, yeah, game Butler had a chance to win. Hey, it took some cojones to take that pull-up three. Hey, listen, you, 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 go ahead and you, give it to him. You don't get the uh, the, the dangling trophy. I, I will say I this. Knock it down. I was just legitimately the, curious because I couldn't remember if we did it last week or not. So These games, um, unfortunately, have not been close at the end, but all three of them were decided in the fourth quarter. They've just yeah. been overwhelming fourth quarters. By the way, quick little update before you do trivia. The Celtics have outscored have been outscored in the third quarter of these three games by 43 points. Uh, it was uh, 35, and they got scored by eight in Game Three. So an improvement, an improvement, and the Celtics have outscored the Warriors by 40 in the fourth quarter, and that includes the fourth quarter where they got um, you know blitzed mm-hmm. in Game Two. Well, they and won the fourth quarter. They won the fourth quarter in game two. They were, they were they down. Tw- yeah. They were down 27 after three, I think at that game, they won the fourth but quarter in game. But didn't two, it, didn't four. it get pushed? All right. Well, of course. Okay. Um, also they have the warriors in game one had 15 points in the fourth quarter. And in game three, they had 11. Now it's time for a hoop collective trivia. 
And we'll get back to Robert Williams being the key to that in a second. All but, right. Trivia. trivia. Two trivia questions. Both both pretty short. Two. Uh, well, they're both short. Uh, Brian might know the answer to the first one because we I think we talked about it last Doubtful. night. I'm terrible. Uh, Mark Smart, Jason Tatum, and Jalen Brown all had 25 and 5 in last night's game. Hmm. Uh, when is the last trio of players to do that in an NBA Finals game? Was it one of the Kobe Shaq Lakers nope. with a no? Hmm. Nope. Okay. Good guess though. Uh, Should we give him a hint that what, what team it was? There's two two Hall of Famers among the three inner circle Hall of Famers. Was it a Duncan Robinson? What's an inner circle? What's an inner circle? Like all time, like all time, like all time, all time great players. Not like you know, I don't know. I don't have to go all the way back to. I don't have to go all the way back to Jordan Pippen, do I? Farther back. Farther back. Wow, Magic, Kareem, and uh, and that's two of them. Worthy, Byron Scott. Those are. I I would never tough one. I would not have gotten the third one. Okay, so third one was Michael Cooper. Michael Cooper. Wow, I I would have been guessing. Was it eighty four? You said eighty four against the Celtics. Yeah. Wow. I would have I would have been guessing for a while. I used to love Michael Cooper though. <laughs> Shortest no, shorts. He was, and, he was, I mean, everybody yeah, thinks was, about him his, as a great defensive player, too. Yeah, his draw obviously. string was longer than his shorts by a lot. <laughs> and then do you remember another... yeah? Do you remember from uh when we were kids? Uh he had the uh the commercial with Larry Bird. I think it was like a steak commercial. And Larry Bird talked about how he liked to have his steak like rare. And Michael Cooper liked to have his steak like burnt. And like you remember this at all? I'm not, I'm not going to. I do not. But I do not. The other one. Well, is they were they were famous. They were famous rivals because it's Cooper always guarded uh, Bird. That's um, right. That was the matchup. The other the other trio stat is Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, Draymond Green have 18 NBA Finals wins between mm. the three uh, as as a trio. Which trio over the last 50 years, when all three guys have made the All NBA team and All NBA team in their career, have more? Finals wins. Ginobili never made did, an All NBA team, did he? Did Draymond make the All NBA team? Yes, he did. I think wow. he might have twice. He so Ginobili never did. Correct. Is that correct? Did he? If, if he did, uh, that look, <laughs> I'm going to say Ginobili, Parker, and Duncan did. Stats Williams was hoping you would not remember Ginobili made an All NBA team. So that well, was I mean, the, uh, that was the was trick a of the great, answer. Great player. I didn't know. I didn't even remember that, that Draymond made an All NBA team. Yeah, Ginobili made one, and I, Draymond, I think, made two. He definitely made one. So Ginobili, Parker, and Duncan all have won, have won uh, 19. So if the Warriors well, you know, two you more talk wins, about Draymond, when you talk about Draymond, I, you know, uh, Cornbread, Maxwell, and Draymond have been, have been talking trash, which is great. You know, Cornbread, um, you know, he's just, he's a wonderful guy. He'll say anything. Uh, uh, we talked about the quote he said to me about the, the Lakers with the 18. A, true, a true legend, Cedric Maxwell. Um, and Cedric, you know, pointed out, he's like, listen, there's only like 32 guys who've ever won finals MVP and I'm one of them. Yeah. Uh, which is true. And that, you know, if you're looking for a, for bona fides, that's a pretty good one to put on the table. That's true. And by the way, I saw Iguodala. This was, this was funny. Iguodala was talking to the athletic last week and they, um, uh, they went to him and said, Hey, um, <laughs> you know, there's been some controversy about that 2015 um, uh, finals MVP. You know, looking back on it, do you, do you think that you should have won finals MVP? And I thought Iguodala gave a very surprising answer when he said, 
Yes, Hell I yeah. do think I should have won. Hey, um, do you think Steph should have won one? Yes, he should have won one, but not mine. <laughs> so, Give one of KDs. Don't <laughs> hey, don't take one of mine. They right. only got one. I, it was a very two. controversial answer. It's a very controversial answer. But I'll just point out that Draymond Green in the you know 2016 Finals, he had I think 32 points in Game Seven. He has not scored 30 points since then in a game. He might but, not score 30 points in this entire series. No I was going to say, he might, yeah. <laughs> I think he's got 15 points in the series. Yeah, they um, could play, play best of I think he's 17. Got his, I think he's, he might not get 30 in this I series. I think he's got as many fouls as points. Um, could be wrong about that. but um, I know last night he had more fouls than any other stat. Had Kyrie not made that shot or you know was something else, Draymond could have a finals MVP. Yeah. So, um, you know, it's interesting. He has, I think, one guaranteed year left on his contract, and I think he's got a player option. Um, there was a point in this season where I, I heard, you know, you know, because he's he's contract, he's extension eligible this offseason. Like, so is Wiggins, you know, and it's like. He does I have 15 fouls and 15 points, by the way. Um, I wonder if he, I remember at one point people were like, uh, oh, I wonder if, if they'll extend Draymond and Wiggins. And I was like. I'm like, right now, I would not say it's a good time to bring that conversation up. ESPN's Emmy Award winning 30 for 30 documentary film series presents the greatest mixtape ever. The story of how a series of streetball videos set to music in the 90s transformed basketball's place in the culture, defined the lives of players who starred in them, and changed the game itself forever. Stream now on ESPN+. And listen to the companion 30 for 30 podcast, a streetball mixtape, exploring the essence of streetball through a collection of legendary stories. Listen now on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. You can now stream the most MLB games on DirecTV without a satellite dish. Yes, catch the clutch hitch, strikeouts, grand salamis, web gems with nothing on your roof. So who's ever up there, whether it's the roofers, Santa, birds, old-timey chimney sweeps, moody teenagers, thrill-seeking raccoons, you name it, they won't find a satellite dish. But you will find your MLB games on DirecTV. That means DirecTV is your home for baseball this season. Root, root, root with nothing on your roof. Yes, stream your team. Call 1-800-DIRECTV or visit DirecTV.com. Sign up today. Claim based on total games carried on sports networks. Sports availability varies by zip code and requires choice package. Now let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac weighing heavily on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom, Onyeho Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good. The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liquor, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. The Robert Williams. That's a man who already got his extension, and boy, are the Celtics glad that they did. Yes. Uh, um, how about that contract for Brad Stevens? Uh, Pretty good. Four years, 48. It does have incentives in it that he's already, uh, you know, that he can hit and the Celtics incentives are getting paid out because <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, a lot of more team-based incentives and Jalen Brown is hitting some of those suckers. And I think the Celtics, nice, problem, nice problem to have the Celtics yeah. like the bucks last year. will be very happy to be in the tax because if they are, yeah. it means they won the title like the bucks last year. Right. 
Um, anyway, Robert Williams, um, I thought Bontemps, um, he said something interesting after the game. Uh, he was describing, because Ime Udoka has been saying for a couple weeks, remember, he missed three games in the Bucks series, the last three games of that series. Um, I think five, six, and seven, he missed because he missed five, six, and seven. And then he also missed game three against the Heat. Right. So, like, this is like, Ime said this is truly day to day, and they list him as questionable. And we dutifully ask every shoot around and every game, is Robert going to play? And, you know, Williams said last night, he was like, I really don't know how I'm going to feel until I warm up. Mm-hmm. Like he's going to, he knows he's probably going to play, but like, in, because between games, he's doing no physical activity. They are doing obviously treatment, you know, iced and ice and stim and whatever else they do on that knee. Um, Cause he's got not only coming off the meniscus injury, but he's got a bone bruise that he's getting over. And, you know, he took a shot on it. Um, in game two, like didn't um, somebody run into him? And he well, that my, that was more of a Marcus Smart fell into mm-hmm. his leg and he sort right. of went down and was like, did I hurt my knee? And then he got up and was like, all right, I'm OK. But that okay. was he made. I, I asked him about that the other day and he said it was more of a am I hurt than he actually was hurt moment. OK, so but like it like it's a huge factor. I'm going to let you talk about this in a second. But it's a huge factor. That how versatile and how springy he feels, but they don't know. He doesn't know until he gets that warm up. the way he was describing it. He's like, as he's warming up like pregame, he's like, boy, tonight will be a good night. And that's a lot for, for things to hinge on because Williams ability to move around is a, has been a huge factor so far in how good the Celtics defense has been. Yeah, no question. I mean, Robert really, he's, as you said, he's been questionable every game for, a month now and it is like really just a matter of day to day some days he wakes up and his knee feels good some days he wakes up and his knee feels bad and you've seen it in this series i even wake up it's it's like he described it as like i know when it starts to get warm right well in like games one and three he was flying around blocking shots making hustle plays all over the place and was a huge huge factor game two he was kind of limping around, was out there, but not really out there, was a non-factor. And that's the game, not surprisingly, that the Celtics got blitzed in because, like I was saying before, Al Horford has been unbelievable in these playoffs. And he is one of the most mobile, even at 35, one of the most mobile athletic bigs in the league. He has no hope against Stephen Curry in pick and roll. None. But you saw in that seven well, possession. To, he has to drop. And, and you know, he actually... At one point yesterday, I said, okay, I'm going to get up. I'm tired of him hitting these threes. I'm going to get up on him. And the result was a seven-point possession. <laughs> yeah. Yes. I mean, that's it's just that's the last that's time like, he'll do that. <laughs> yeah. And like he like he just can't he can't do anything with Steph. And this is a guy who's guarded Giannis, who's guard, like switched on to Jimmy Butler. Like he's one of the more versatile bigs in the league. He's got no prayer. Well, yeah, but you're not worried about Giannis pulling up from 33. Well, you're not well, worried about thing. Jimmy Butler pulling up from the logo. And that's the thing. The Warrior, the Celtics have been able to play, and their defense is incredible, but they've played all these teams that aren't great shooting teams, and they have bigger, more physical guys. Even Kevin Durant, as great a shooter as he is, him and Kyrie are more operating the mid-range, right? They're not like pulling up from 35, like you said, and let it go. Right. That's where Steph in these three games so far, and again, we'll see about his foot in game four, that, that has been the thing that's really broken a lot of times is Celtics defense because they have not been able to figure out how to guard him. And the one time, the times that they have been able to have success. By the way, real quick, it's not even that he's shooting over it. 
But sometimes Horford is in drop, and now Steph has room to maneuver, and he puts the ball on the floor and goes to the rim. Right. And either gets a foul or is able to finish up, you know, because he's, you know, he's an excellent, you know, it's just the overall space that he has coming up. They just have no idea what to do with him. Like there was one possession where Steph dribbled to about the elbow, and Al Horford just stood there. Cause, and Steph had a wide open 12 footer. Cause Al was like, you can see him in his head going like, if I try to come at him, he's going to go by me. And if I just stand here, he's going to shoot it. So I'll hope he misses. Like that's really <laughs> what it's been. It's just been him hoping he misses. But when Robert Williams is out there, he is active enough that he can get out and contest those shots at the, at the perimeter and give Steph a little bit of trouble. And he also has the ability to prevent Steph from getting to the rim. Cause Steph feels him coming on these drives for these blocks. And like last night, you watched that game. Like I mentioned that stat earlier about the 25 and five for those three guys. Every question, in the post game presser was about Robert Williams. And he had eight points and 10 rebounds, but he had four blocks and was plus 21 in 25 minutes. And he was a difference in that game. When he is feeling good and that knee is feeling good, the Celtics look like a totally, totally different team. Well, and he's also, you know, 10 rebounds isn't dominant, but his, activity on the glass, even if he's not the one necessarily. I mean, there's possessions where, you know, he he knocks the, the, the rebound loose and it's a loose ball and the Celtics are winning all of those. All of them. Um, and, you know, he, he does well, in contribute this game, offensively. I mean, he's just as know, a finisher the, and rebounder. The Warriors have been actually winning the rebound battle, but well, this was game talking about was. game three. Yeah. Oh, right. Yeah. When the Warriors got completely dominated on that end, they got overwhelmed on that end. Or on the, in that uh, fast of the game, I should say, ten and rebounds, they, four blocks, three steals. How about that for? Uh, and, and that and that goes to the activity level. His activity level was amazing. And when you know, if the Warriors aren't winning the hustle plays, they don't have much of a shot. Like they, yep. Steph's got to be great. He's got to be healthy again. I really hope his foot is okay. And they've got to be back to winning. You know, Louis really said be it was okay. Off. I mean, it's 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 bothering him a little bit, but it's not a. Well, look, I think if he's 90% of what he's been in these first three games, the Warriors are in trouble. Like they need yeah, him to be true. the guy that he's been. If he's any compromised at all. It's yeah, what I was what I was saying leading into game three is that I think Steph can be better. He's as good as he's playing. I think he can okay. be better. And I think he was better in game three. And it still resulted in a loss. Well, and he was better. And then Clay went from a really rough game to you know, at least a really good it was a good game. First, he was yeah, seven of seventeen. Say, yeah, he he tailed off late, but he was he was cooking there for a little bit. Yeah, but but one of the things that we're seeing, and one of the reasons why Robert Williams is so valuable, is that while on ball they're having difficulty handling Curry, off ball, when the when the Warriors go into the blender that I call it because they'll start moving guys away from the ball and they'll put three guys together and everybody goes a different direction. And they pop out, and, and you get lost. Um, the the Celtics just switch all of it. They're very comfortable switching all of it, and they've been able to not totally eliminate, but they've been able to choke off the Warriors' off-ball actions. And so they haven't been able to do as much of their off-ball stuff as they want. Um, and when they have done it off-ball, it's a lot, lot of times been with Steph. Um, Steph got a three. Uh, I think he had three or four fouls at this point. He got a three with an off ball action um, in game three, and he totally shoved off. He pushed off, got away with a shove off and got an open shot to hit a three. He doesn't shove off. He doesn't get open. Um, 
And so that's one of the reasons why they've been going to more straight high pick and roll with Steph, because that's one of the few times that they have an advantage. And that's, you know, so while the Celtics, um, you know, scheme defensively is having trouble against Steph and that straight pick and roll action they're I feel like they're doing okay off ball. It's showing up in their half court stats. The, the Warriors are not able to get it done in the half court. And it's like, they look like kids who were let out after the winter. Um, when they get a fast break, they get a turnover and they were, they're going full board to the other end because they know how valuable those are. They, they have to get those points. They don't have a chance. Well, and, and when you have to go high pick and roll with Steph, and by the way, high pick and roll with Steph might mean the, the picks being set on the logo. But <laughs> I think I think one reason that Kerr has been resistant to rely heavily on that over the years is because you understand that it is physically demanding. And so, you know, I I can't sit here and tell you for sure that is part of the reason or is, is factored into Steph's fourth quarter's uh, numbers not being very impressive in this series. But I can say that style of play is much more physically demanding than the Warriors you know, typically want to play, more physically demanding on Steph specifically. Um, plus, you know, you're, you're trying to get him to a point where his, his minutes are going to be and he's lobbied to play more minutes. Plus, he's going to be targeted on the defensive end. You're asking an awful lot of a guy who – uh, is is well into his 30s. Well, the Celtics believe that their style has a wearing effect, and they felt that it made a difference against Giannis. And there is definitely, you know, Giannis by Game Seven was exhausted, and then mm-hmm. I think it was Game Four where he pretty much had to sub out three or four at the, in the fourth quarter. They thought they thought that it had a wearing effect against uh, against the, against Jimmy Butler. We can debate whether that's true or not. Butler midway through the series knee acted up and he, and he had to basically like he was down. Um, then he rallied late and they think that it'll have an effect on Curry. And I don't know if it's showing up yet, but they believe that. And there's a reason to under, to believe that. And Bontemps, you and I were talking about this during the game, especially when Steph was in some foul trouble, which he was pretty much in foul trouble the whole game. They went after him on defense. They went after him on defense more in game three than they had, I felt, in, earlier in the series. They did. They did a good job of that. And the other guy that's been completely taken out of the series is Jordan Poole. Like, this, the Warriors, so much of this season was on Steph and Jordan Poole generating most of their offense. And then Andrew Wiggins, you know, giving you 15 or so on top of that. And Jordan Poole's just a non-factor. Like, he he is... Well, he been, was a, a little bit of a factor in game two. You're, I think you're being a little hard He hit two shots that, at but. the end of a blowout quarter. He's he hit not five been, threes in the game. Okay, and two of them came in thirty seconds when they were up by twenty-five. Yeah, but, I know, one but they, was an but awesome they do highlight, count. So it's it like was a, a great, it was yeah. a great highlight. But he's he's yeah. not been involved in the series, and they need they need to find ways to get more out of him. I'm not sure they can because it's just with how physical Boston is and how good their perimeter defenders are. I don't know if Jordan Poole can give them a lot more than he is, and that's sort of the flaw in this Warriors team. They just don't have a lot of offensive options. You saw Andre Goddard at one point came flying off the bench, just called Andrew Wiggins over and read him the riot act, clearly wanting to get more out of him. He kind of floated through the game last He had 18 on 16 shots. He was kind of okay. Like they need, they need more from all those guys because they just, they're playing Draymond. They're playing Looney. They're playing a lot of these guys who are just not going to give much offense. They need Clay to hit shots like he did in game three. They need more from Wiggins. They need more from Poole. And then they need staff to continue being great. What would you, uh, Bontemps, uh, if uh, Steve Kerr called you for a, a, a consult, which I'm sure you're, you're sending him to voicemail right now, um, 
what can the Warriors do um, to unlock their offense a little bit? Because I, I think that's where the, where the rubber meets the road here. The Warriors need more offense. You know this team well. You lived there for years. Um, you know, this is really a Bontem series. He used to live in San Francisco and Boston. He just happened to move away from them when they actually played in the finals. Good job. Um, uh, what would you say that you think that the Warriors can do to uh, even this sucker up? And in game four, I mean, to me, it comes back to the things we've talked about, which is it really has to start with their defense. They have to play with a lot more energy, a lot more activity. They have to win all the 50 50 balls. They have to win all the hustle plays and they have to generate more possessions like they won game two because they had the ball a lot more than the Celtics did. And to me, some of that is you played Draymond Green less. You play Kevon Looney more. Mm hmm. Um, to get more offensive rebounds, to have a, a little bit of a different offensive look because the Celtics are absolutely Also, not Looney him. is a bit of an offensive weapon. He sits there and hides in the back. He's shooting like 90% in this series. Um, he, you know, he, he tore the Mavs up and it just, you know, getting those easy little dump off passes and finishing, getting offensive rebounds. The Warriors had six offensive rebounds in game three. He had half of them. Yes, he didn't play and, a whole lot. No question. And so I think he needs to play more. Steve clearly doesn't feel like he can play those two guys together a lot. So I'd be playing him more and Draymond less, like I've said a couple other times. And then they just have to turn the Celtics over. They're not going to score consistently in the half court against this team. They have to get out in transition. They have to get easy buckets. Like there's not really a solution for them in the half court, I don't think, with the limitations they have on their team to be able to score enough to win this series in a half court battle with Boston. I just don't think they can do it. So they so have to... They have to He's, maximize their possessions, I think, in order to do that, which is turnovers, offensive rebounds, hustle plays like that. That's where they could generate the difference, I think. He's playing about the same number of minutes as Otto Porter. Uh, and I know really. Otto Porter and I yeah, and I know Otto Porter spreads the floor more and that's helpful in certain lineups. But uh, Looney and Looney's averaging 21 minutes. Porter's averaging 20. Looney is shooting. Looney is 10 of 14 from the field in this series. Look, just look at last night's game. Kevon Looney had six points, seven rebounds, three offensive rebounds in 17 minutes, shot three for four from the field, had three assists. Okay. Draymond played 35 minutes. He had two points. He had four rebounds. He had three assists. Like, you know, he just, he shouldn't be playing twice as many minutes as Kevon Looney at this point. He just shouldn't. Be. Right. Looney. I'm Looney looking at the, as the small sample size theater, but I'm looking at offensive rating. Uh, Looney's 114.8. In the series, they're actually a plus 10.3 with, with him on the floor. So you can't say that they haven't been able to score with him on the floor. They've actually been very effective offensively. And again, small sample size. I get that. Um, okay. That's interesting. So I'm just saying, Steph is playing about 15 more minutes a game than Looney is, and they're averaging about the same number of assists. Um, Looney's, look, Looney's a really solid player. Yeah, like I'm, I'm not saying well, you play. Listen, him like 40. like Giselle once said about Tom Brady, he can't he can't throw it and catch it. Steph can't pass it to himself and score. Yeah. The other guys aren't making shots. Well, look, and again, it just I, I really uh, the Warriors. I picked Boston to win the series because I thought the Warriors were going to have a lot of trouble scoring against them. And I think that like when you ask what are they going to do, like to me this is one of the key things. Will Steve Kerr not play Draymond as much? I, I mean, I think the answer is no. Like I said. Steve's proven he's not going to do that. It would give good podcast fodder. But, I mean, it certainly would. I mean, look, go back to that Memphis series. They won they won two games in that series because Draymond either got ejected or got in foul trouble. They won game two against Dallas because Draymond got in foul trouble. Like, 
it's not a coincidence he came off the court in those games and their offense got juiced up big time. And they're going up against an elite, maybe potentially you, all-time great defense. Would you even think about introducing Kaminga? Just for the no. athleticism. I mean, I would have been I would have been trying to play him more earlier, but at this point, I just don't think they're it's hard to ask a rookie who hasn't really I agree. played in months to throw I agree. The other I'm thing not advocating that, for it. But. The other thing that will help in game in game three is or in game four is Gary Payton's got to get back to the guy he was in game two. He was a non-factor to a surprising degree yeah. in game three. Like he's one of those guys that with his force on defense, he could generate steals can generate turnovers he's great in the open court really good finisher typically but he, he was he didn't he missed a couple layups i think last night he was sort of all over the place like they need him to be better too because again to me it's all about generating more possessions that's what this yeah. comes down to for golden state if they can win the possession battle that gives them a chance to win if they're like my man said earlier if if the celtics if draymond green's on the court and you're losing the hustle place he you're, can't you're be on the trouble. court like that's the only reason he's out there at this point is to play defense and win the hustle place. He's got to give them that. Well, we'll say this. it's pretty simple. Yeah. The Warriors had 78 field goal attempts and the Celtics had 89. You generate 11 right. more shots that's and, and nine more free throws. Yeah. On top yeah. of it. All for right. Boston. Before we go here, all I'll say is the Warriors have won five games. They're five and zero oh after a loss in this playoffs. They've won a road playoff game in 26 consecutive series. Although winning, that doesn't matter. What they did in 2015 doesn't matter in 2022. Right. But in other words, Steph, Clay, Draymond, they've known to be able to deliver on the road. Steve, the Kerr. Celtics, the Celtics have a tendency to not put their foot on teams' throats, both within games within series. They have essentially had very little uh, comfort in any of these playoff series. Uh, even when they got up 2-0 on the Nets, it was by the skin of their teeth. But they did. But it was by the skin of their teeth. And the last two series have gone seven. Since the so, start of the second round, the Celtics are 7-0, and coming off a loss. And they're 3-5, and coming off a win. Right. So, while we've talked a lot about the advantages the Celtics have here and our worries about the Warriors and all that stuff. And I do believe the Celtics are proving that they are the better team. Um, this sucker isn't over yet. And we could be singing in a completely different tune uh, after game. Well, four. Look, if in Robert fact, Williams I, comes out and his knee doesn't feel good in game four and Draymond's flying around and Steph's hitting threes. I, I you know, we th I I, like I said, going into game two, I could see Golden State winning big. Like I could see Golden State winning. And, I, and I, for I still sure. say, and I, and I mean, maybe Steph isn't capable of more, especially with this foot. I still say Steph hadn't hit red hot level yet. It could happen. Uh, third, third quarter of game three. Look, man, well, like and, I said, and, against, and the against this. Quarter, Against this defense, I just don't think he's one. going to be scoring 50 with this he, team around him. He may so. not. He may not. But again, it. I'm not saying I expect it or it will happen, but it's in there because Steph has had a couple of quarters in this series where he's gone, mm -hmm. gone wild. It could happen. It, it could happen well, in like a you, longer stretch. It's like you wrote about today, man. This, this is the first time in his career he's got the lesser team in the finals. Like He's the is, best player on the lesser team. That, yeah. that was the LeBron role year after year against him. And by and, the way, and, I went back and looked because, because Clay said that he was getting 2015 vibes, big 2015 vibes. You know, the Cavs lost, uh, or they were up two one in that series in 2015 at home, like the Warriors are, or like the Celtics are now. That's why Clay is saying it. Um, in that particular moment, I will just say, uh, uh, Kyrie Irving 
and Matthew Dellavedova were in the hospital. <laughs> Dellavedova had the game of his life in game three. And after chasing stuff around, his body seized up. They took him to the hospital overnight. And, and uh, Kyrie was recovering from knee surgery. <laughs> but in those first three games, LeBron was averaging 41 points. <laughs> 41. Steph is averaging 31. So he's been great. But uh, the comparison only goes so far. Um, all right. Well, thanks for listening to the Hoop Collective. Thank you, Bontemps. Thank you, McMahon. We will uh, speak to you uh, after game four, Zach Lowe and I, and then uh, these gentlemen will speak to you uh, before game uh, five, which I believe is on Monday. We're Good math. Taking it day by day here. <laughs> it took me a minute to say it. Thank you to our producers, uh, Jackson and Andrea, and we will speak to you soon. Adios, amigos. Real quick, what's the easiest choice you can make? Window seat over middle? Taco Tuesday over salad? What about selling with Shopify? Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash hoop, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash hoop now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in, shopify.com slash hoop.